faithwire.com. A California church is facing multi-million dollars in COVID fines. Today's Friday, December 17th, 2021. I'm Dan Andros. We'll have that top story and more on today's 4 and 3 podcast from CBN's Faithwire. Four big stories, three things you need to know about them all from a Christian perspective. That's what we do here. You can find us on iTunes. Go ahead and subscribe over there. We'd love to have you join us. And joining me today, Billy Hallowell, as Trey Gons Phillips is off and running on his uh, vacation it's christmas vacation he is he's mr christmas dream. he's mr he's christmas on the on the cbn slash faith wire staff he um, is he is everyone just, has that guy or that woman and he's ours i just picture him wearing ugly christmas sweaters yeah, every day and, and just loving like, it sipping hot chocolate in front of fire <laughs> blasting mariah carey all i want for christmas is you that's like all i picture so. i think that's fair i think that is a fair <laughs> assessment so so i'll be hitting that california story uh billy what, what else do you have coming up so I'm going to be talking about atheists, which, you know, always a fun ah, topic. Yes. And uh, they're they're going, they're actually very excited. They are going after the National Prayer Breakfast. We <laughs> covered this back in November. And they are very elated right now because it looks like they're maybe making some headway in trying to get some politicians not to participate. And I'm going to also be looking at um, a, a nurse who's also a pastor at a small church. So the nurse is kind of his full-time job. And uh, he was fired from this Catholic hospital over his stance on the vaccine. So an interesting story there. We'll have the details on that. Oh, and I got one other one. I'm going to be talking about this uh, Texas church out in Houston. They do a Christmas show every year, and they had something happen that has never happened before. Over 1,100 people Mm. coming to Christ during those shows. So lots of of good stuff there. Yeah, that'll be a good good way to wrap up the podcast with, with that positive story. We're going to start here in Santa Clara County, California, and they uh, are still defying uh, a U.S. Supreme Court ruling targeting a San Jose church and its pastor with massive fines for when they held church services back in 2020 during the pandemic. The church is Calvary Chapel and the pastor is Mike McClure. They're facing $2.8 million in fines. They didn't shut down. Uh, their That's worship it? service. That's, That's it. Yeah, just two point eight million. Uh, even though Gavin Newsom and Nancy Pelosi and everybody else were out wandering around without their masks during that time, but slap that church with a two point eight million dollar fine. Wow. Um, so they um, they were had the audacity, Billy, to allow people to come to pray at their building in person. How dare they? Um, after Gavin Newsom ordered the statewide church closures last year. Um, and so county officials are still demanding that the church pay the fines. They're arguing that it violated health orders um, in regardless of the U.S. Supreme Court's ruling in five separate cases that the government can't treat houses of worship as second-class institutions with harsh penalties and restrictions that exceed the restrictions placed on quote-unquote essential businesses. So the legal battle is continuing back in June um, McClure and um, another pastor of Southridge Church of San Jose, they sued Santa Clara County uh, in the federal district court over its stay-at-home order that it issued back in May of 2020, and they said it violated the plaintiff's constitutional rights by banning indoor religious worship service. And so then they later filed another lawsuit in October of 2020 against California and Santa Clara um, also challenging the constitutionality of the state and governments uh, and the county government's COVID orders. And then the county retaliated. They didn't just take it sitting down. They, they sued the church 
for $2.8 million, claiming the church was a public health hazard and a nuisance for holding worship services in defiance of the county's COVID mandate. Um, and they, they actually, this is interesting, they, they, the county classified the church as a commercial entity rather than a nonprofit ministry. That's very interesting there. This is a lot of energy. I don't mean to interject, but this is a lot of energy expelled for, back yeah. and forth. Yeah, it is for, for holding church services. And so, and then the judge, this is also interesting, um, during McClure's hearing, a judge told him that, quote, science matters. Uh, before they levied a fine of $2,500 for every day the church held indoor services. And then those fines totaled about $55,000. Um, and uh, this was when the, this was a separate hearing that was held, you know, to, to stop indoor worship services. So um, this is what McClure said. Despite the fines, he said that I, I respect the judge. I respect what the law says, but there's a bigger law. I have to get told you follow God or you follow man. I have to follow what God's word says. And so um, so this back and forth has just kept going. And um, California, they'd settled with churches. You might remember this, Billy, that some of the churches got payouts be because of all of these you know, court hearings and things that the churches had to go through. Um, but obviously, in this particular case, Santa Clara County is not dropping it, and they're, they're not. Um, giving in at all, and they are sticking to this, and um, they're calling it a David and Goliath scenario. That's from the founder of AFF. They told Calvary Chapel Magazine that even though the state of California has paid and settled church cases, this county won't let it go, even though it's in their best interest to let go and move on. So wow. So so why does this one matter? I mean, I mean, it's just crazy. It just it just shows. Um, you know, that, that churches were singled out in a way, especially in California, you know, when we saw, like I mentioned, you do as I say, not as I do, these church, uh, these government leaders out without masks and such, and, um, you know, big box stores allowed to be open. You could go to Target, but you couldn't go to church. You know, why was that? So, um, and they just deemed essential and churches weren't. So you had all that going on. So um, obviously this is, why does this matter? Because I mean, it's, it's a deeper precedent than just this church. What's being, what, what they're trying to set. Yeah. Well, okay. So if you wanted a blue light special at Kmart during this time, it was fine. People could flock to Kmart. <laughs> they could flock to Walmart. I mean, there were a number, there were a number of times where I was in Walmart thinking to myself, <laughs> there are so many people here waiting in line. This is out of control. Yeah, yeah. And, and I, and I've heard all the arguments, oh, you know, church is different and I get it. You're, you're sitting longer, but the point is you can walk through the aisles at Walmart. You could say stationary for your blue light special and nobody seems to care, but, but churches were treated differently. Yeah. And it makes you wonder how much of this too is that, is that, you know, sort of animus that people have towards churches. A lot of people, um, especially on the secular left who will say things like, oh, we should tax the churches. And you, know, you have all the, all this conversation going on. You wonder how much of that bleeds into these kinds of cases, right? Because let's go out there. Let's see how much these churches save the government by feeding people, clothing people and doing good deeds. Let's start having mm -hmm. those conversations. When we've seen studies on this, we know that churches do so much for local communities. It just seems to me a waste of resources to be prosecuting and going after these things to this to this level, yeah. right? I just don't Yeah, get it. and and also the essential aspect of it is even if you're not a Christian, um all of those people that go to those services that to them that is essential. 
right? right. And, and so you have to respect other people's beliefs and sure. what they deem essential. So you might not think, you, know, you might think being able to go to Target and get whatever you need to get at Target is quote unquote essential, but another person might believe their spiritual needs are essential. And so you have to respect that. And, right. it, and it clearly seems like they're not in this case. Look at look at the suicide numbers in this country. I mean, we keep mm. having this conversation about, you know, is faith good for the country? Well, the, the people with the best mental health, as we were yeah. talking about on the show, yeah. are weekly churchgoers. It, it's consistently been something that has sustained and helped people throughout the history of the church and, and obviously throughout the history of this of this country. And so, you know, looking at what's happening around us with overdoses and suicides and everything else and how the pandemic has made that worse, it would seem to me people need to look a little bit deeper at these issues to see that, hey, this is essential for a lot of people. So it's just, it's to me also, obviously the freedom issues associated yeah, with all of, of this are, are massive. Yeah, indeed. All right. Let's, all right. Yeah. Let's head over to story number two. Well, while we're, while we're talking about <laughs> secularists, we're going to talk about the atheists. Oh, <laughs> right, here we go. Um, now, I'm buckling atheists, up. They are, they are, you better buckle up because they are very <laughs> excited. They are very happy. Uh, basically, Senator Tim Kaine, he's obviously a Democrat from Virginia, ran for, uh, he was the vice presidential candidate in 2016. He has apparently announced that there is, he has no intention of attending the national prayer breakfast. He hasn't gone um, since 2016 and has no intention. Interesting of timing going. there. I just, I just want to interject there. He, he was <laughs> well, there in 2016 while he was the vice presidential candidate, but then. And he was the co-chair. Yeah, he was the co-chair then. Well. He was really into it then. Loved but, it, apparently. That yeah, but, 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 but now he's just, all right, we lost, now, I'm out. Well, and here's the thing. He hasn't <laughs> given a reason for this. Like his spokesperson did not give a reason why he's not going, but there has been this <laughs> <Politics>. massive king. <clears throat> so, I'm sorry, what? Exactly. <laughs> Listen, I've been to this event probably four times, three or four times, yeah. and it's so interesting to watch it unfold. For those who don't know, a little background, the National Prayer Breakfast is one of those strange D.C. events where people on both sides of the aisle come together, and it's usually heavily Christian, but I sat next to an imam last time I was there at my table. I mean, there's a lot of different people from different different faith backgrounds there. Um, but this happens once a year. I think it's the first Thursday of February. And last year it was virtual. But but last year it seems like a lot of atheists were trying to sort of seize on the pandemic to try to push people to separate themselves, right? Push politicians, especially on the left, to not attend the National Prayer Breakfast. There's been a massive push against it for obvious reasons. You know, the separation of church and state, and every time there is an event, they complain about it. Um, you know, this is improper. The president shouldn't be there. And by the way, almost every president, I think, since like Eisenhower has been at yeah. this event. So anyway, Tim Kaine is apparently not going to be participating any longer, and this is being seen as a victory, even though he has not said it's because of this <laughs> pressure from atheists. But I wanna, I want to um, read one of the quotes here. We've got from Annie Laurie Gaylor. She's the co-president of the Freedom from Religion Foundation. She said, "Quote: We're thrilled that Senator Kaine has opted not to attend this pay-to-play political event that alienates non-religious Americans, tramples the constitutional separation of church and state, and has a disturbing history of anti-LGBTQ bigotry." The FFRF has long opposed the breakfast and has recently asked Kane not to participate. They've also asked Biden not to participate. And the event is this February, so it'll be interesting to see what happens. But they're clearly viewing this as a victory. And I should note that in October, and I think we talked about this on the show a while back, they actually sent a letter to every member of Congress asking them not to participate. So this is a this is a major campaign to try to get politicians not to take part. And by the way, 
The last thing I'll say why it matters, this is one of the only events where you have people actually, Nancy Pelosi, Donald Trump, on a stage together, right? You know, obviously they're not friends. They don't they don't like each other. But when you have people coming together from different sides of the aisle to be in the same room and to rally around this idea of faith, the very general idea of believing in something bigger, it's kind of sad that this is what we're attacking. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And I, the, the, the Freedom From Religion Foundation people seem very... They're a little excessive on the whole establishment clause thing. It's you don't their, say. Their definition of the establishment clause is you're not allowed to ever do anything or say anything about faith or God. It's like, I don't understand how they can make that leap to that far that any mention of it anywhere, the Ten Commandments on the wall somewhere. I mean, that's just, oh, that's that's establishment. We're esta no, it's not even close. I mean, yeah. Yeah, it's and the other thing that happens at Christmas time every year is like let's let's put up our fake nativity and upset everybody and right, you know put it in right. it's like you know to me it's a lot of energy and I get it in their view they're trying to protect people from being you know compelled to believe something but but listen this country if you go back to the 1790s there was a chaplain in Congress already I mean this is from the beginnings yes nobody wanted a state religion but influence of faith has always been part of the process and denying that is just silly. Yeah, no, a hundred percent, and um, you know, and I look at that event, and it's just like it, it reminds me too of that one where um, you know, what's the one with the the correspondence dinner where they do do the jokes yes. and stuff? Like you yep. said, like you just get people out there, and it just seems like, you know, why not? I mean, why why is it such a big deal? And, and it also reminds me too, uh, Billy, of I remember back in our days of you know working at. Fox and the blaze and i remember they used to have the left would have these groups like media matters and they'd run these campaigns uh, you know stop beck we've got to stop glenn beck and um and they would uh just harass advertisers all the time and then if an advertiser stopped regardless of it whatever the reason might be if like they stopped advertising maybe their contract ran out whatever they would just claim victory on it so I feel like they're doing sort of the same tactic there. It's kind of like you don't yeah. even know why. I mean, maybe he's just maybe he's going to a, a softball game that day or something. Like who maybe knows? He doesn't like the hotel it's held in. I don't right. know. Like, who knows? Who knows? <laughs> it's, it's silly. But you know, the other thing about this though, it's actually very smart what they're doing because they know if you look at the demographics, the Democratic Party, the largest faith group essentially, yeah, um, is non-believers, right? So. And one of the issues they care about is LGBTQ advocacy. And so these are two things that are being brought up in this. Yeah. Why are they being brought up? Because they know that these politicians actually need to respond to their base. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. And, and another concerning thing is the language they use in there. Like they have a it's, you know, Christians have a disturbing history of anti LGBTQ. Like this is the sort of anti Christian <laughs> language that they're trying to normalize and get people comfortable with. Um, because as we've seen with the use of quote unquote hate group, it, it's, it's only a matter of time before they apply it to just generic standard Christian beliefs that will yes, equal well, hate. Group. I mean, they're yeah. already trying to do that. So, um, yeah. but you see this stuff and it's the push, it's the push and it keeps happening and you think it's harmless, but then you look at the leaps we've made in the last two years of what's acceptable, um, sort of on a, on a political national conversation and the 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 bar has moved quite far um oh, yeah. and so i mean don't don't sit there and expect that oh they always complain about christians is nothing's going to happen because you know you never know what the trigger will be and then eventually next thing you know is oh yeah you know what those are hate groups i agree
So yeah. Um, well, and when you're beholden to your, you know, yeah. to your base again. That's yep. what, and people are going to respond. Politicians are going to respond to that. So indeed. Yeah. All right, let's uh, let's head into story number three here, and this one is an interesting one. It happened up in uh, Bucks County, Pennsylvania, where a nurse who's also a pastor at a small church. He had 25 years of experience as a nurse, and he was fired after his religious exemption for the vaccination, you know, was denied. Uh, he claimed natural immunity. He'd already had COVID, and um, they denied it. And so uh, let's let's dive into this one a little bit, the details. This is uh, Mike Murray. He uh, spoke uh, with Faithwire this week, and he talked about how he was terminated from his role at St. Mary's Medical Center, which is part of Trinity Health, back on December 6th. This was after he was seeking a religious exemption due to the fact that he'd already uh, had and recovered from about of COVID uh, in November of last year, so about, you know, about a year ago. Um, so as a result of the previous infection, Murray argued that he had a natural God-given immunity and that forced vaccination was a, quote, violation of my conscience and really basic common sense. Uh, he said, I refused to get vaccinated and tried to reason with them. I tried to apply for the religious exemption because it is legitimately a violation of my conscience. He said, I didn't want to go uh, with what I thought was mob thinking, group think, and oversimplica oversimplification by the CDC. Um, another interesting detail about their rejecting of his religious exemption request. Now, remember, he's a pastor, so um, he's not just pulling this out of thin air. Um, and others from the same company that he was working with his co-workers that many had known were, as he described here, less devout. They wouldn't, they didn't have really a religious background at all. They were actually given religious exemptions. And uh, so he said it was, quote, very random and arbitrary and weird. And, um, you know, people would call him, you know, kind of as a nickname, Pastor Mike, uh, at his church, he said, or at, at work. So it was, it was known that this was something that you know, it wasn't some sort of trick where he was just trying to pull it out. But yet others who maybe didn't really have an obvious religious background were given those exemptions. So, right. um, so very, a very weird thing. And, and we did reach out to uh, the hospital in Trinity Health and we haven't heard back yet. But, uh, but what I liked here, and this is number two, what I liked from um, Mike Murray here was he said that, you know, despite the, the, firing and, and losing his main source of income. He said, I trust that the Lord will provide. I've been trying to pursue legal action, um, but that hasn't worked out yet. So he's inquiring some others. He said, um, but that at the same time, he said, it's always good advice to trust the Lord and that he's trusting that he will provide for him in this situation. So, so yeah, that. so he's keeping a good perspective on it despite, despite everything that's going on. And why does it matter? Well, I mean, I mean, for obvious reasons, I mean, you can just see it moving in this direction that, um, you know, the mandates, we see it in Europe, we see it in Austria, and we see it in, uh, you know, Australia and New Zealand, these extreme measures taking to force people to get vaccinated. And so, um, you know, the arbitrary nature of exemptions here is kind of on display. And, uh, you know, it's, it's a disturbing trend that, that, you know, we could be heading towards here. Yeah, no. And, you know, listen, as Christians, we have that fine balance of, of abiding by the government as long as it, it doesn't force us to violate our conscience. And in, in this instance, people do feel like they're being forced 
to do that. And not everybody has to agree right. with that, right? I think that's where the where the trouble with this is, is that everyone wants their own thoughts and feelings to be validated. But when it's something you don't, they don't agree with, they suddenly don't care about other people's thoughts yeah. and feelings, right? Yeah. And so, um, you know, this to me is that real struggle of trying to kind of look at, okay, what are we supposed to do? And, and, but my fear is that it's conditioning people to go with the government always. Mm -hmm. Okay, whatever the government says, this is right. going to be what yeah. it is. So what happens next time when there's some other issue that isn't this, that isn't anywhere near as severe as what this has been, but that the government wants you to do something? Yeah, Are and you just going to do it? Yeah, you and know? you've set up the standard now that, well, the CDC said it, so do it. Right. You know, yeah. uh, you know and so yeah. it is It is a totally dangerous precedent. And to just, and that uh, social media has sort of, um, enshrined that practice. It's like, well, we're deleting everything that disagrees with the CDC. And the inherent trouble with that, of course, is like you said, what happens on another issue when the CDC is clearly wrong on something? You're not allowed to question them? Or like, when they, I mean, they've been, let's look at COVID. They've changed their mind on 12 things. Yeah. And some of it, by the way, was intentional. They intentionally misled on masks mm -hmm. for a good reason. They were trying to save them for healthcare still workers. Shouldn't still shouldn't lie. Well, what, and then you wonder, why don't people trust? Well, they right. don't trust because of these exact reasons, right? Yeah. I think we've got we've got to really look at what we're comfortable with long-term, and, and we have a hard time doing that. We like to only look at the here and now. Mm -hmm. The standards we set now are going to matter much later on this issue for sure. Absolutely. All right, let's, uh, let's hit story number four. We'll end on a high note here. Yeah, this is a positive one. And honestly, I mean, I'll break down the details. It's pretty simple. A lot of people became Christians, got saved, <laughs> accepted Christ at a Texas church. And, you know, I, I think it's very easy to get so used to the Christmas shows every year. It's like, oh, my church is doing a Christmas show and yeah. I'm going to go and I'm going to be a part of it. And you forget that the power that these shows have can really be transformational. And so this is this particular story we have over on Faithwire. It's about Champion Forest Baptist Church in Houston, Texas. They held a five-day Christmas show. It's called the Christmas Spectacular. And this is a pretty big church, it looks like. So this they've got a lot of dancers. and it, It's a really well-produced Christmas show. Um, but they ran it from December 8th to December 12th. And they had something happen that has never happened before. They had 1,114 mm. people indicate decisions for Christ. And they asked people to hold their cell phone up and to put the flashlight on their cell phone if they've accepted Christ. And there's some really cool video. We've got it in the story showing people doing that and just showing these, again, over 1,100 people making that decision. Totally incredible. And the church put out a statement. They said that they're still picking up their jaws off the floor after seeing God <laughs> move like never before, that they were actually shocked by this reaction. And what I loved about this, because, you know, a lot of people will, will critique, you know, okay, they've said a prayer, what happens next? The church gave everybody a Bible, but they also had a hundred people volunteer to follow up with every one of those people who indicated decisions mm. for Christ within 48 hours to ask, you know, ask them questions, answer questions, just a really, really powerful story. You know, why does it matter? It matters because, you know, we, we get down on a lot of what's happening in culture and there's a lot of reason to do that, but I think we forget that the spirit of God is moving and people yeah. are getting, I mean, I feel like we're seeing a lot of these stories right on the beach in California, tons of people are coming to Christ. And so in the midst of the darkness, there mm -hmm. can be a lot of light and yeah. we got to remember that. Yeah, absolutely. It's very easy as, as we know, as people who are in the news to get the kind of depressed about all the nonsense that's going on in the news. And you look at where the culture is going and you know, the, the loss of the respect for life with the unborn 
um, with some of the crazy radical teachings that are happening at schools and kids being indoctrinated. And it can but don't be, pray. You know, don't pray in those schools. Yeah, but don't pray not. in those schools. But but it can be overwhelming that all that stuff's happening. But uh, I think you have to just keep that perspective of okay, God's on the throne, and we have to find joy in pointing people to Christ in the midst of all that. Right? We have to not just say we need to. You know, I mean, of course, we should try to make the country better, right? But but at the same time, we should just first and foremost take joy in the situation we're in. This is a chance to to point people who are completely lost, completely in darkness, completely blind. And this is a chance for us to to be a light in the midst of that, regardless of what comes for us. You know, I mean, it, yeah, you know, I mean, it, it's not going to be pleasant, you know, a, as you see w when we're being called hate groups and, and that's probably going to be codified, you know, sometime in the next in our lifetimes where the Christian groups that are just normal churches are going to be labeled hate groups by the government that that stuff's probably on the way, but we have to find ways to say, all right, this is the, you know, this is, this is our wilderness, right? This is our, yep. you know, we're the, you know, the Israelites in slavery, and then they're going to be led out and God's going to be glorified through that. So we don't know what God's doing, but when we see stories like this, it's great to know, you know, we're not alone and he's not going to forsake us and his plan's not going to be He's thwarted. on the throne. Yes. He's on the throne. And so look for opportunities, right? Yeah, to, to absolutely. Spread, to spread the truth. Yes. Amen to that. Amen to that. All right. That is all the time we have for this episode um, of the 4 and 3 podcast. Uh, we will be back on Monday. Trey won't. He'll be in an ugly sweat Christmas sweater and uh, sipping on hot chocolate. <laughs> and uh, like you said, singing Mariah Carey songs. So it's going to be great uh, uh -huh. for him. But we'll be back. We'll be back here and uh, we'll be bringing you more news from a Christian perspective. As always, you can head on over to faithwire.com and cbnnews.com for more. So God bless. Have a fantastic weekend. We'll see you back here Monday.